This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, hello and welcome to uh, another edition of the Forever Bristol City podcast. Uh, It's three defeats in uh, eight days now because the final score from the Hawthorns, it finished West Bromwich Albion three, Bristol City nil. The one positive that we can get from this, as somebody pointed out, was that the last three visits we'd let in four. But today it was another one where, quite honestly, the players did not put in a performance. We did not go down fighting in any way whatsoever. Plenty to talk about as well. The coaching uh, departures and additions, the uh, Peter Trago, uh, is that the best Robins TV can do? Why not an older player? Uh, is this a new fashion in football with medical emergencies causing the game to be stopped? I phoned a mate of mine up and said, go down 15 minutes from the end and make out you've had a heart attack and broken your leg and you can't be moved out and then maybe the game will get abandoned. And also Mick McCarthy is <laughs> That was Pete. That was Pete, by the way. And if you wonder, because he was uh, he was there. Anyway, joining me uh, today are uh, Ian, Mark, and uh, Les. Les has just come on for uh, a moment. And anybody else who wasn't at the game, feel free to do that. But the three of us, we watched it. Um, Ian, I'll come to you uh, first. Um, I don't want to go into minute by minute or even like our normal intro. But what are your just your thoughts coming out of that uh, debacle? You know, it could have been half a dozen. It could have been five nil after twenty minutes. But what are your thoughts, Ian? My my thoughts are we played exactly exactly how I thought we'd play, or feared we'd play. Is probably a better way of putting it. Um, we were second best at everything. We've got a midfield that is what I call non-descript, descript. So. They can't defend, they can't attack, and they can't pass. Mm. Although it was the worst game I ever saw Masengo have today. Uh, he, he did get better in the second half, but that was a low bar because he was dreadful in the first. Kept giving the ball away, kept getting turned over. So did James. We cannot play with a two in central midfield. Mm. We can't. We can't do it. We, uh, we haven't got any players that are good enough to do that against 
probably you could say the top six teams. We might be able to get away with it against the rest. Uh, but back to today's game, um, I thought there were only four players of the 15 that were used that came out of the game with any credit, and that was Bentley, Pring, Naki Wells and Callum O'Dowder, who, who did some really good defending when he came on. So Pearson pulled him off uh, in the game against Bournemouth because he couldn't defend. Um, that's that message has certainly got through, and he should start the next game against Barnsley, where which which now, in my view, becomes a must win. Mm. A must win for what reason, Ian? To stop the rot or to stop the pressure yeah. building on Pearson and end the home uh, shambles? Well, if if the atmosphere uh, by some people that were there today um, have told me that the atmosphere was toxic at the end. Um, and there, there's, you're quite right. I mean, if you look at Pearson's record since he's walked through the door, it's absolutely dreadful. But I think most people gave him a pass on last year because of all the injuries. And it was horrendous. I've, I've been following City for over 50 years. I've never, ever seen anything like 21 players injured. And they were dropping like flies. And as I said the other week, none of the injuries were knocks. Um, but I, I don't blame Pearson... He must be looking over his shoulder in terms of, it's all right, sacking, and no doubt we'll come on to it, it's all right, sacking all the coaches uh, and possibly bringing in other people or possibly not. But he's got to be looking over his own shoulder because his record's absolutely dreadful. Um, but he must be looking at players like Nathan Baker and Joe Williams and thinking, is it even sensible starting again with those two guys in the team. Although on ability, let me just say, they'd both be in. But this is must be Baker's 23rd, 24th time he's left he's the off. field before yeah. half-time. Now, I, I hope the kid's all right because he, he looked rough when he came off and he looked like he had concussion and all the rest of it. So let me Which is why we had the extra that. sub, wasn't it? Which is why we had yeah, the extra concussion sub. substitution. Concussion sub. But, you know, it, Pearson's got to think about... I mean, if you've got to keep making two substitutions before half-time, or even one, it, it leaves your options to make tactical changes minimised. And, and yeah. I, I'd have replaced De Silva with O'Dowd at half-time and gone 4-4-2 and had a bit of a go. But yeah. Pearson might have thought, well, God, if I take him off and then somebody else gets him off, here we go, we're back down to 10 men again. Yeah. Well, let's come on to uh, let's come on to that other substitution after Baker had gone off, which was with uh, Tanner. But let me bring uh, Mark in here. I mean, Mark, uh, Alex Scott got uh, got left out, as Ian said. It was a it was a nondescript midfield. It was an out of form Masengo. It was below par, James. Um, I'm guessing you had uh, your central three, Callas, Atkinson, Baker. It sort of picks itself. But, oh, dear, oh, dear, Vyman, Martin and Wells again. I mean, Christ's sake, can't he give give Naki Wells a run up front and give Martin and Vyman a rest? What what were your thoughts on that starting lineup, uh, Mark? Well, it doesn't matter who, who you pick up front because they're not going to get any supply of the ball because, the mid, like Ian said, the midfield's nondescript. But my overall view is that City fans should be worried because the performance in the majority of that game was as bad as any at the end of the Holden uh, era. Yeah. And it's the lack of fight for the majority of that game 
that should set the alarm bells ringing because we just stood off and now you pepper that with defensive mistakes from Tanner. It was unlucky. I mean, it, apparently the, the presenters were saying he was taken off due to his reaction or some, some feedback I got that it was taken off due to his reaction to um you know to, to giving the ball away but i mean simpson is just a plodder he's got he's got no legs how how he, he ever puts on a city share i i don't know but the forwards weren't weren't the problem uh the midfield just aren't protecting the defense but then when you stand off and, and, and watch like we did with the first goal today it's just abysmal and city fans will, will accept being outplayed as long as they put in the effort and the application shows some physicality. Don't yeah. get out muscle too much. We can accept that. What's completely yeah. unacceptable is a lack of effort uh, and a lack of desire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting worrying. you say that. It's interesting you say that about appreciating effort. I mean, I went to West Brom. I think it was about three seasons ago, and we were, I think we were two 0 down in fifteen minutes. Got back to two one, and then they made it three one, and then three two, and then four two. Yeah. And we that lost. Was we, that was when we, that game. Yeah, we started that, that game, game in a blaze, didn't yeah. we? But we, we were we on top That's of right. the first we, we were, and I, I went to that game and I thought, do you know what? We lost, but actually, it wasn't that bad, and they were better than us. I think they had Rodriguez playing up front. It, and Mark, you just described uh, the first goal. It was open, you know, clinical finish by uh, Hugill. Yeah, who's in the Naki Wells character of uh, run-of-the-mill championship forwards, in, in my opinion. And it's all about getting the service, which he did on that occasion. Ian, how critical was it that the goal that Naki Wells put the ball in the back of the net, literally straight from the kickoff, was struck off for offside and a deflected offside because the linesman kept his flag down. It was a referee that gave it. What did you think of that? And was that critical? Uh, I think, what well, could we have done with a goal at that time? Absolutely. If we'd have scored, who knows? But um, that we, apart from that, we didn't have a shot on target in the first half. In fact, we didn't have a corner. So we didn't have a shot. We didn't have a shot at all. So, okay, uh, it looked to me like Vyman got the touch. Wells was onside when Callas passed. Yeah. Vyman getting a touch on it. And if Vyman hadn't got a touch on it, the ball wouldn't have got to Wells anyway. So, uh, but if, you know, if, if, if that was right and Vyman got the touch, not the defender, um, then he was quite rightly ruled offside. But, um, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it's in the, you know, we can all talk about what if, can't we? It's the world's biggest word. But, and in terms of being out-muscled, just picking up what Mark said, if someone's bigger and stronger and fitter than you, they can out-muscle you. And that's yeah. the problem we had with their team. They were bigger, stronger, physical, fitter, faster, and a yard faster in their head to a man. All right. So, so Ian, two things. Sorry, Ian, two words you've used there, and I used them earlier this week and describing Bournemouth. Yeah. And fitter and faster has got nothing to do with football ability. So, you know, we talk about things have improved. Yeah, behind but they've, the got, they've got that. They've got that as so well. But it helps. It helps, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've got that as well as better the, ability. Okay. But, yeah. but they're they're better quality. So it's not just they're fitter and they're faster. They're fitter, they're faster, they're mentally stronger, and they're far better footballers. So what, what do you do when you're playing against somebody like that? Yeah. You, you, unless, you know, you we cannot, I don't think, compete against um, probably or uh, 
teams in the top three, definitely, but probably against teams in the top six, we have to be a lot more tactically aware, savvy than we are now. And yeah. and we're not. And I, I, I don't know whether that's the coaching. I don't know whether the, it, it, it's beyond the players to do it. Uh, but definitely, it, it's that's what I saw today. I, I, it was like watching. I mean, if you only got to look at Norwich, were heading shoulders above most teams in this division last year. They got whacked seven 0 today, and Chelsea didn't have their strikers playing. <laughs> well, what would have happened if Lukaku in uh, Tellerfeller, uh, Timo, Timo Werner? What happened if they were playing? Yeah, and, no, and both of those. They got whacked. They got whacked seven nil. So yeah. th- th- when you get a difference in quality, and the other thing is tactically. The football we're playing now is dreadful. It's big boot. Give it to Bentley. He'll whoosh it up the field. But it's no good doing that when you've got Nackers up front 5-6 and Chris Martin's 5-10 and they're up against 6 And Andy Vyman is 5-8, 5-9 as well. So they're midgets. Yeah, I think um, Andy's, Andy's about 5-10, but he was meant to be playing as a 10. But we can't afford to play with a 10 unless we only play one striker. Because... Yeah. If you do that, you've, we've got to have three players in the middle of that midfield. And I mean midfield players. I don't mean strikers. So Strikers masquerading as midfielders and whatnot. Yeah. Let's get back into a bit of the action, at, Ian. We'll come what? back to the more detailed analysis. Mark, um, we, we had um, our goal disallowed. Yeah. And then Hugh Gill hit the post. Hugh Gill did a miss. Uh, and then on uh, 33 minutes, we had the bizarre situation of an apparently uninjured George Tanner going off. Now, what was that about? Was it that he he didn't appear to have the right attitude because uh, the manager has put players on the naughty step in matches before, notably uh, Backinson? But, you know, we, we already used one substitute. OK, it wasn't because it was a head case one. So yeah. it was the first substitution. But what was the rationale in that? Was it changing shape, going to a back four, or did he I not think, like Tanner's attitude, which is what has been mooted? Yeah, I think it was it, it 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 was it was both. I mean, he was getting he was get getting easily overrun on on that side, and of course, and then there was that dreadful pass back that played in Hugill, and then Bentley made a fantastic save, got a very good left hand to it to push it round the post. But yeah, I mean, we don't know whether it was his, only Nigel Pearson knows whether it was his attitude. Perhaps he looked angrily across at the bench. I don't know, but I think we did change shape after after that. Not that it made a lot of difference. Yeah, you know, because the, the first yeah. half was a complete road right off. We yeah, well, let's say it could have shot. been five nil. It oh, could have been five yeah. nil after easily twenty minutes. Ian, second goal. Uh, how to do long throws? You know, do it long, properly long, into a real danger area and have a really big man that's going to get on the end of it. It was the classic uh, execution of the long throw, which um, we've done once this season, but uh, seem to be doing it uh, every game, although less so in the last week. Thoughts on that and second did you goal? Notice, and did you notice why Bardsley won the ball? What was different between Bardsley and all the other players there? No, don't know. Didn't notice. I'll tell you. He was running. So if you if you're going to jump over something and you run at it, you've got a far better chance of jumping over it. Yeah, you're, you're right. Trying to jump yeah. over a, a two foot wall. If you run at it for ten meters, whatever, and go full full chat, then you jump. You're going to get higher than if you stand still. And no yeah. one ran with Bartley and jumped with him. 
they tried to out-jump him from a standing start, so he got up above him. And, but and saying that, the, the simple, two that were back the there, throws, yeah, the throws it, it, that the... were coming in are coming pacey and flat, like the lap used to throw them. And a bit like Order, Mag- Order Magnuson used to do it as well, a bit like that, to yeah, be fair. His are, were decent. Calases, calases are lobbed in. And yeah. There's a, there's a real difference. With that. Although we don't take enough advantage of them, there's a real difference with that. But it's not just about the throw. It's about the movement in the box. Yeah. And now, he's saying that the player moved, the player moved Bartley. I'm right in thinking he's a centre-half. So yeah. he got there. Was who was tracking him because he came? I haven't seen the goal back, or probably have, but I haven't looked at it in detail. But was he somebody that Chris Martin should have been running with? And is that what did it? Because there was a clutch of players that went up together for the goal. Well, I don't know who was meant to be marking him, if that's what you're asking me. I mean, in, in the second half, um, six yards out from goal, Masengo's marking a giant, yeah, who's at least six inches taller. And probably, I don't know, two stone a muscle heavier. Yeah. So yeah. if you've got a small side, what you can't do is play kick it. You can't play boot yeah. it football if you're uh, Barcelona. And if Barcelona played West Brom tomorrow, or certainly when Barcelona had, had their mega side with Messi, Iniesta, Xavi, and all those characters in it, all biscuits, they wouldn't have said, well, West Brom. You know, they take long throws, play why don't we play like that? They'd have got the ball down and passed it. Now I know we're not uh, Barcelona, but we're not playing against Real Madrid, Liverpool, and teams like that. So yeah. if if you're gonna say, so what are we as a team? And and I I still don't see an identity, I don't see a pattern of play, I don't see any real tempo, and we keep lumping the ball. And yeah. it, it is just it's boring. It, it, if you're going to do that, lump it, get it wide, try and knock the ball on in wide areas. It's a little bit like when, you know, when, when Cox was playing. I mean, after time, Joe Bryan and Mark Little were further up the field yeah. than, um, than Aaron Wilbram. But if you're going to, if you're going to play like that, yeah. then then your wing-backs have got to get high. Our, our wing-backs didn't get forward. Well, Jade Silva, we're talking we wing-backs here today. Jade Silva, Jade Silva, and in the second half, it was Simpson. Let me come back to Mark for the third goal. I mean, Simpson is a player that the manager would say he can trust, yeah? But it was a sloppy yeah, back pass of a player like, I'm trying to think of that ex-England fullback that joined us from Reading on loan years ago in the Sean O'Driscoll, uh, stocky guy at left-back. Nicky Shorey, right? Shorey, Nicky yeah. Shorey. That's right. I mean, that was a pass by Simpson that was lazy. And if Tanner was taken off for bad attitude, then Simpson, that was just casual beyond belief, wasn't it? I mean, the finish was good from Grant, but, you know, he should be on a naughty step, shouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's, how he gets in the side. I mean, there's no way he's going to get up and get up and down the wings. You know, he's, he's, he's only going to ever play deep. And he got sent. He, he, uh, my sister reminded me. Of course, he got sent off against West Brom. I think in, in uh, the uh, the February fixture where we where we got whacked at Ashton Gate. Um, I mean, it, it it's just. I mean, he left it so short. It was unreal. There's no way yeah. that Bentley could get to the ball and Grant I, just just curled it round him. It was a good finish. I put on uh, Twitter today, I don't know if anybody else watched it, but it was a goal, talking about short. It was a goal from the Hawthorns, uh, 
Boxing Day 1994 and uh, Stuart Munro back passed it to uh, Keith Welsh and he air kicked it and the ball literally went trickling over the line and I do remember because I was stood behind a goal for uh, for that particular game and that uh, well so ruined my Christmas because you get expected to have Christmas is ruined particularly when you're Dave. away on Boxing Day Ian um, the goal the goal it was sloppy from a professional of Simpson standard he should know better shouldn't he yeah yeah, it was, it, it was unacceptable for all of West Brom's domination today. Um, they scored three really, there were three really bad goals to concede. Simpsons yeah. was a bank pass. Um, the, there was the long throw in uh, and the first goal, I mean, how much space was, was he in? The ball got slid round the back of De Silva for the umpteenth time this season. Yep. Our section back, backs all got drawn towards the ball. You could have thrown a large tarpaulin over Callas, Baker and Atkinson. Yep. So De Silva wasn't given the support. Nobody from midfield tucked back in on the left-hand side to, to make a um, to make cover. And he just got exposed. The, the ball went round the back of him. Unlike our players, they had some pace. He got the ball, slid it across, and our defenders are all running back towards the goal. And... and Hugo's, oh, I don't know, three, four yards in front of them and tucks it in. Well, that's the sort so, of goal that Naki Wells would get if he got that sort of service on a regular basis, wouldn't it? Because that's a, yeah, it was yeah, a fox exactly. in the box type thing. It's all about, it's all about the service. But and we talk about you know we talk about quality of strikers and what have you. But if you look at the fact that uh, that Hugo did score the first, but you know he 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 missed a few as well, didn't he? Yeah, from that uh, yeah, yeah. perspective, he didn't miss the he didn't miss the post with his head, did he? God dear, no, 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 no. The second one, he was yeah, it was yeah. it was a, it was a um, it was a carbon copy of the first, but on the other side of the pitch, and he slid yeah. he kicked it and then slid in and smacks he smacked the post, didn't yeah. he? And that's uh, contributed yeah. to the. Uh, the 10 minutes yeah. of injury time at the end of the first half. Uh, Red, Red Robin 20 has said, Les is very quiet. Les didn't feel he was in a position to uh, uh, add to the joss that we've been talking so far because he didn't watch the game. And I'm just going to finish. <laughs> I'm just going to finish on the joss that I've only got one, th- other than the offside goal, I've just got Masengo, won the ball well, set up Wells, his cross, Martin, header tipped over the bar. That was on the half hour. And Ian said at the top of the uh Oh, that was in the second the half. Yeah, that was in a se- that was in a second. Oh, the half hour of the second half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, sixty-one yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ian has also given praise to uh, Cam Pring because I thought he was one that emerged with uh, some credit, if anybody can, in that. Um, um, look, let's look at the last six games. I mean, we've got two more to go. No, three to go before the next international break. But the last six games, one one. Drawn one, lost four, scored five, let in eleven. That's four points out of eighteen. Yeah, I mean, this week has been bad. It's three straight defeats. We've got 16 games gone now. If you extrapolate that, 16 times three is 48. Okay, let's say we beat Barnsley 51. That's game uh, 17. In fact, no, we're over a third of the way through, aren't we? No, 16 games. No, just a look, that's a relegation form. Les, I mean, you sat there. You didn't watch today. What are your thoughts of where we are now as the, well, the one third point of the season is, is, is here. We've part, we're, we're uh, on it. Yeah. I think we're in big trouble now. And I think the blame firmly lies with the manager. I mean, we've moaned over the last few years about square pegs and round holes and Pearson's worse than any of the previous managers we've had with that. 
one minute you've got Masengo playing on the right, next minute he's centre midfield, then he's a holding midfield. You've got Williams playing right wing, you've got Baker playing left back, centre back, you've got Wells left wing, right wing up front. And we've also, people used to take the piss with the word Tombola. And it's the same with Pearson. One minute it's 4 4 2, then it's 3 5 2, then it's 4 2 3 1, then it's 4 3 3. What's going on on the training pitch? What's he doing? We're supposed to have got this experienced manager with a good track record. And when he was employed, I said this, I was concerned we were getting the Pearson from Derby and from Lovren in Belgium. Mm. And that's what we're getting. And when you actually look at his record as a manager, he did well at Leicester, who were a big team in a small championship pond. He did well at Hull when they were one of the biggest teams in this league. And now he's at Little Bristol City. And I'm starting to question whether, as much as he's been managing quite a long time, whether he's actually got the skill set to manage an average team in this league, or is he a bit like a Steve Bruce? He manages big teams in the championships and gets them promoted because they're big teams with big resources. He hasn't got that here. His record's dreadful. What is it? I think I might be wrong here, but six wins, six draws, 15 losses, something like that. Yeah, I think you've written that down somewhere, Ian. And um, in terms of where we are, that game against Forest, I think, has done a lot of damage because it can only go so long before you go on a really bad run, as we've seen with Cardiff. And that means that game against Barnsley next Saturday is massive. But the jury, for me, is well out on Pearson. I'm seriously annoyed because he seems to not have any clue what his best team is, what the best shape is, what the best setup is. And it's all well and good getting rid of your assistants, but you're the one making the decisions. And one last thing that really grates on me with Pearson is that at the end of these games when we get beat, he goes, if players aren't on the bus, they ain't going to get picked. He's deflecting blame from himself. I don't think there's many bad eggs in that changing room. I don't think there's many players there who ain't working hard or want to do well. It's his way of trying to deflect the blame that he should be getting. And he needs to improve because I'm running out of patience. And I think we're in trouble and we need a win next Saturday. Yeah, no, we do. Ian, um, harsh uh, words from uh, Les, but I got to agree with him 100%, you know. And I seem to recall when he came, we had the talk of front foot football. You know, we, we used to talk about lack of identity under Johnson and Holden. And I said to you before the game, or it might even have been at half time, you know, we had these clutch of away wins. This is cloaking the fact that if you look at all of them, Maybe that's being harsh, but let's say three out of the four away wins. We were bloody lucky to get all three points. And just like the start of last season, the opening four that we won, we were lucky, bar the Stoke game, when we put in a performance. But Ian, can, can, say, agree with Les? I'm sure you will. Yeah, far away. Yeah, I agree, I, I agree with him 100%. Um, Pearson's record since he walked through the door, and I'm being generous and I'm giving him the Middlesbrough game. Um, where he'd been with us a matter of hours, I think. But played 29, won seven, drew seven, lost 15, 4.32 against 44. Uh, goal difference is minus 12. Uh, and his win rate is 24%. And over a season, that would get you relegated. So, yeah. you know, there's nothing to be cheerful about. And, uh, I, I, you know, I did feel... As I said, I think most of the City fans gave him a pass last season because of the injuries. But yeah. now people are saying, well, look, you know, you've you've brought in um, six players because you, you re-signed two that you didn't need to re-sign. Um, so you, you've brought in six players. Uh, the play, Your players are on the field. Um, why isn't it better? 
And yeah. I don't think I think City fans are a pretty sensible bunch. No one's looking for cosmic football, but we are looking to be able to hold on to a one nil lead with ninety seconds to go and not get beat. Yeah. Um, and 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 I think I I, I think uh, he's I don't know about we're probably going to go on to discuss the coaches. Yes, um, we will. We can do that now. Let's do it later. Let's do it in a minute. All right. Well, yeah. if you if you look at it, um, the coaches are going. So is someone coming in or, or is it a cost-cutting exercise and, or has he made a decision to, uh, if he promotes from within, for me, <clears throat> I think it's going to be, it, it's pretty much a cost-cutting exercise after you've paid him off. Um, all right, let's look at that in a minute someone, here because we're allowed. To, let's look at right. the coaches in a minute, yeah, because I want to give Mark his uh, say on um, you know where where we are and what Les has said. You know, I mean, it is fourteen games gone, so beat Barnsley, extrapolate it, fifty-one points. That's you know to add to to uh, to, to to what we've got. That pretty much looks like relegation. You know, have we uh, are are we at problem stage yet, Mark? What's really anchoring him is, you know, weighing him down is this the, the home form. I mean, we've we've had four goals in uh, in seven home games, which yeah. is is a is abysmal. Seventeen games without a win, and we dropped seven points in injury time this season. But it's just that that failure to be able to break teams down because we just can't, we don't get the ball forward very quickly, and we can't keep possession very well. But what seems to have set in in the last few games is that lack of uh, desire to close teams down. If we haven't got the ability, you can try and, you know, you can try and make it difficult for the team to retain possession because Forest weren't that good. Looks at the um, the efforts they had on goal the other night, and apart from the last five minutes, really, we kept them at arm's length. But it was our yeah. inability to keep to keep the ball, in, you know, in the middle of the pitch and put pressure on the other end. And it's the same every week. And, you know, that that's where the majority of City fans are watching it. I think we're in the same position now as we were. And I think, you know, I'm just talking back, you know, you, me and Ian will know this, where when Dix came in, struggling, a struggling second division team, he was given time to rebuild. I know it's awful, but that's the, the situation we're in. We won't, we won't sack Pearson because we'd have to pay him off. That will cost a substantial yeah. amount of money. So yeah. we'll just have to struggle on. But really, the Barnsley game now is a must-win game because he could start to lose the fans if we if we don't win that game. Really, and then you need at least a point from Birmingham because they're behind us in the league. And then you play Coventry, so four points from the next two games really is a must. Yeah, that's pretty Otherwise much. You could start to lose the fans. Yeah, Les, that's pretty much what you you you'd say. The next well, the next three games, you know, we've got to win. Barnsley at home to get the home hoodoo out of the way, but take the pressure off because you know no, there's the no easy is, games. There's no the problem easy is, games. There's no easy games, Dave. And at home, we're not creating anything. We haven't created anything at home since the start of last season. It's long ball hoof to Martin or goal kick, push Baker up, aim for Baker from Bentley and win the drop ball. The only player who looks like they can do anything at home is Naki Wells, and Pearson hasn't picked him for most of the season. All or right? played him in his proper position. Or played him in his proper position. If we don't beat Barnsley, Barnsley are dreadful. They're on a horrible run of form. They've got no confidence whatsoever. Their manager's on the verge of getting a sack. If we don't beat them, we've got a big, big problem. 
because we're not creating nothing and that's not just going to change overnight, is it? We're not suddenly going to go into a team that's going to start playing fluid football, which goes back to the comment about what is actually happening on the training pitch. Um, so, yeah, they need to beat Barnsley. And if we don't beat Barnsley, I can see it getting toxic very quickly because we ain't a team that's going to score two or three go- goals a game at home. No. Ain't going to happen. No. No. So, need to win. We haven't scored more than yeah. one goal at home all season, have well, we? Well, that would be that would be good. Ian, um, Martin and Vyman, um why can't we just try something a bit different? Like, even today, yeah, he played, you know, he could have played, it was going to be West Brom. They're, they're not pretty, but they're effective. But he could have played that 4-5-1 or 5-4-1 that we talked about in midweek. Give Vyman and Martin a rest. Have Naki Wells up there by himself with somebody in the hole and an extra midfielder or whatever. Um <laughs> You know how how do we approach the Barnsley game? They've got a whole week now to prepare for this. Yeah, um, I'd sooner see some of the youngsters or just something different up front. Because as soon as I saw that Vyman, Martin, and Wells, you know what you're going to get, and it's not working, is it? But Dave, as I've said to you before, if you're going to play Naki up front on his own, you've got to play a load of football. And Les has just said we're not going to play it, and we're not. So. You put him up there and you're going to bash the ball up to him in the air, as we did today. What what's, what chance he got? He's five foot six. He's against blokes that are nearly a foot taller than he is. And the ball's in the air. I, I, I think Wells did okay today, given the shocking service he got. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I don't see an approach to coaching uh, the game that's going to get the best out of those players because – we need to get the ball to feet and pass and we need to get yeah. balls in behind the fullbacks like they did with us be, between the fullback and the centre back with wingers and overlapping fullbacks running onto the ball and we yeah. don't do it. And and, and it's, it's no good saying, well, leave Martin out and play Voiman, uh, play Wells up front because that's going to achieve nothing. So what, what, what do you do if you play him up front on his own? Do you play um, Alex Scott is a 10? Then who's, well, that's, who's what your was, that's what I was. That's what I was. That's what I was. Who's your other eight? Who's your other eight outfield players? I mean, one thing I want to mention is um, Saiku Jana. We, we're continually saying we haven't got any. We haven't got a right winger. We haven't got wide attacking players. What's Sam doing? He seems to have just yeah. disappeared. Well, and Zach Viner um, not on the bench again either today. Zach Viner, who I, who is, was in one of my suggested teams today because yeah. we needed you that that's right. strength in, and and. He's fit, he can tackle, he can head the ball. Uh, and he's not on the bench and Danny Simpson is. Well, that, to me, smacks of a little bit of, a little bit of a dressing room ex-Lester clique. And he needs to, if he's doing that, he needs to be very, very careful because King and Simpson look like, uh, at the moment, look particularly Simpson. A waste of a wage. Looks like, waste of a wage. Looks like a, a waste of a contract. And it was interesting in his pre-match. In his pre-match, in his pre-match, we've had no disclosure of what the industry was with King. And then when he was talking about injuries pre-match, Pearson asked about King. Said, "Don't know." You know, and he almost he's got a. I was listening to some of his old interviews going back. It was just sort of on the same thread as his one for today's game, and he's got that degree of arrogance or indifference and what have you, and. He needs to sort his shit out, basically. Dave, That's Dave, I see it. Sorry, go on, Les. Dave. We had very limited funds this summer, and we knew it was going to be tight because of everything that's gone on. So we needed to be very careful with who we bought, 
and needed to make sure we got the right signings. And we, we've spent valuable resources on Danny Simpson and Andy King. All yes. right? It's inexcusable because Danny Simpson couldn't get, a, couldn't get in at Huddersfield. He had a trial there. They weren't interested. He went to Sheffield Wednesday for a trial. They weren't interested. King, okay, King for me looks a better version of Chris Brunt, but he, he isn't worth the wage. He isn't good enough anymore. No. And no. we haven't got many wide players. He could have sacrificed those two signings, get Tanner in, maybe utilise a loan system. He didn't do he doesn't it. Like he, loans. he doesn't no. like loans. So, well, you know what's going to happen know. next, isn't it? If this keeps going wrong, he's now going to move. Pearson will end up saying, oh, we haven't got the players I want. We couldn't bring people in, etc." But he's been saying for the last six months that he's happy with a very, very yeah. small squad. No, he is. So, well, he said, I mean, he, said I, he was happy with the, co- with the coaches as well. Yeah. Well, just before, just before, right? Let me come. I'll come to you first. I'll come to each of you on the coaches, right? I just want to say this business about look. The top three have all got parachute payments. Then you look going down: fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Coventry, Luton, Middlesbrough, QPR, and Huddersfield. All those clubs, all seventy-two clubs, of that matter, they've all had problems with COVID, no attendances, and everything like that. They haven't got uh, a benefactor like we've got. Yeah, in Mr. Lansdowne, right? But all of those teams are up there on 21 points. Well, there's about eight teams on 21, so it's not saying a lot. But, you know, take Luton, right? Limited resources, half the crowds that we've got, and they're sat there with five wins, six draws, three defeats, and a goal difference of plus five. So, and they play better football than we do. <laughs> well, they did. What what under, under Nathan Jones, who couldn't yeah. hack it at Stoke and what have you, but what... Is it right that when we get a manager that everybody would have said he's your man? What is it that when they come to Bristol City, it all seems to go to rat shit? Mark, what, what do you think on that? You know what, what? You know what? You look at Luton. That's a classic example. No, no parachute payments, and they're up there as a unit. They haven't got better players than we got. No, they haven't they, got more they... money than we've got. We laughed at them when they re-recruited Henry Lansbury and they, they've also brought in Cameron Jerome, who was, um, you know, he's he drifted around the clubs. He went to the States, didn't he, uh, a season ago and he's he's come back. But they, they look like years better than us. But yeah, I've, I, I, I agree with what Les says. In retrospect, the King and, and Simpson sign-ins were poor. When you've got very little money, don't wait, don't waste it. There, there are players out there who are capable of, 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 of you know, better players out there than those than those two, and we should be in a much better position. I mean, and, and look at West Brom at home; they haven't been brilliant. Uh, Mill got a draw against them. Derby got a draw against them. Yeah. Luton even got a couple of goals yeah. against them. They're not world beaters, but no. those teams showed desire and application. We didn't yeah. show any of that for three quarters of the game, and that's the worry. No. And it's the same in All every right. game at the moment. Poor. Okay, let's. Let's talk about coaches then. I mean, there's been a lot of movement this week. First of all, um, obviously, Brian Tinian's got the academy uh, job. Well done, Brian. I think he deserves that. Mickey Bell taking a permanent role with the club. A little bit of jobs for the boys there. I'm sure that has been thought by some people. I don't think anybody's said it. I have. Um, (laughs) Downing and Simpson, to me, sound like a right and double act for Steptoe and Son, although that was Galton and Simpson. But Downing and Simpson were brought in by the previous regime for their contacts within the England squad, and they should have had an intimate knowledge of players that 
perhaps weren't getting in the 25 of the Premier League teams. Those two guys have brought nothing to Bristol City Football Club as I see it. They weren't on big salaries at the FA. They were probably going to get binned off out of there anyway in cost-cutting at that level. Um, I'm not shedding a tear for either of them going, um, but um, Ian... um, They've been a big letdown, both of them, haven't they? They've added. They've they've not really added anything, have they? Well, you you, you don't know what they've added, Dave, because you're not down there. Uh, no, but they wouldn't. They'd still be here if they were bringing something, wouldn't they? Well, would they? Or 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 have you got a manager that's under pressure, uh, looking for scapegoats? Uh, I, I and well, is he under pressure? That's probably the next question. I mean, his remit. This over the next two seasons is to keep Bristol City in the Championship. Period. Nothing else. Yeah, and that, and that's what he's been told to do. That's why he starts talking about a three-year plan. And all managers want a three-year plan because they don't want to get the sack of the first year they're in the job. That's why yeah. I wouldn't give any manager any longer than a one-year rolling contract. I certainly yeah. wouldn't have given Nigel Pearson a three-year contract. But I think Steve Lansdowne had more or less painted himself into a corner um, with the timing of everything. But I, I, I didn't agree with a three-year contract at the time. And like I said, I'd give any manager a one-year rolling contract because then if he leaves, all you have to do is pay his wages for a year. If Pearson, let's say City got in a bit of trouble and sacked him at Christmas, we'd have to pay him for the next two and a half years until he found I know, another whatever job. he was getting. But let's get back to the two coaches that have uh, have gone. I think everybody agrees it's great that Tim Mann's got the uh, the top job at the academy. But Downing and Simpson, you know, it was you know they they weren't they haven't been great for Bristol City. And Ian, if you say it's a cost cutting measure, why isn't Khalifa Cisse gone? Because he's got that remarkable term as a job title that I've never heard in football is utility coach. Now whether that's to help Richard yeah, I, Gould I, read, I asked, whether that's to help like Richard Gould read the electricity meter, yeah, yeah. or <laughs> help somebody read the electric meters, yeah. I, I tweeted the club and asked them what a utility coach was because I've I've never heard of that. Unless he looks after the utility player, so he's doing one-to-one training with Zach Viner and try and get him back into contention. But uh, no, yeah. no. So look, so, short answer, Ian. Uh, the the coaches are they? They no, they haven't they haven't added. We're not on the training ground, but we're not shedding a tear for them, are we? We think um, Simpson might have got a Carlisle job lined up, but you know they've not been they've they, they've not bought what whatever it was that they were brought here to do. I don't think. Well, they were going good. to be. They were going to be got rid of. We 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 believed, didn't we, at the time they were appointed, they were likely to leave the England setup. So it wasn't like we uh, we headhunted them. Uh, they were likely yeah. to have been cut, weren't they, because of cost yeah. cutting at the FA. Yeah. But anyway, there we go. All right. Um, a couple of things um, for those of us that watch it on Robin's TV, uh, uh, which uh, Les, uh, Les Les did. Mark uh, Ian rather. Peter Trago, nice bloke, but doing the analysis, is that the best that they can do in the absence of a player? Could they not have gone up and given you know, Jerry Sweeney a call or Tom Ritchie or Paul Cheesy or one of the old boys rather than have a cricketer talking about it? I thought You're it was poor. A dead overall, it was today. Awful. Overall, today, overall today, it was poor Robbins TV, wasn't it, Ian? Well, if I'd have, um, if they'd have asked me, I could have, I could have driven to Ashton Gate because they weren't actually at the stadium, which is another thing that doesn't help. Um, when they're, you know, you saw that when they talked about, oh, Cam Pring's going to come on. He, oh, yeah, he's going to play left wing. Jada Silva's going to be in front of him, or is Jada Silva going to be in front? No, no, no. He's played left centre back before. He's coming on to replace a left centre back. So three guesses where he's going to play, guys. 
Yeah. Um, no, I, I didn't. I, I mean, I haven't seen the young lad who, who was doing the, um, uh, what do they call it? They'll call it a content or do they? But the presenter, yeah, presenter. the host. Yeah. I've never seen him before. Um, and uh, He had a T-shirt it, on like I used to wear in the 70s, actually. But there we go. <laughs> yeah, actually, I like, I liked, yeah, I liked the T-shirt. It made my ears burst. It was that loud. Yeah, I don't, yeah. you know, as I say, I, I don't, um, you don't expect, it was good when the, when the summary was um, Tinian, and even Rennie Gilmartin, they give, even though it, it is a bit like North Korean TV, where, <laughs> you know, they can't, they, they, they can't slag off the team in, like do, we do, would. Do, or, do, or, do, do. Sorry, I was just doing or, uh, Squid King there. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't, um, they can't criticise the team. Because they're employees of the club, um, yeah. and they say, "Well, you know, you, you were really good at the summarise. I slagged everybody off, so we won't be using you again." So yeah. it's it's a bit it's a bit pointless. I think the idea of having him in there is just a bit of company, uh, because uh, Trago used to um, present it, and then I don't think he and he wasn't very good either. No, Alan no one of them apparently, apparently, David. Yeah. One of my sisters said that one of them re- referred to us as Bristol Rovers by mistake, and then they they showed that they had their finger on the pulse by saying that Cardiff lost and Mick McCarthy's under pressure when he'd already been sacked. He'd so you been know, gone at lunchtime. No, I heard that as well. Um, <laughs> Alan Payne, he said, just on my way back, worst of performance I can remember in recent times. Can't play three five two again. Red Robin said, Lansdowne seventy two in three years time. Why not say he's yeah, what, what, so why would a billionaire at 72 want the – perhaps he means three days. To, <coughs> why would a billionaire at 72 want the grief of owning Bristol City FC with us lot moaning about how bad it all is? Maybe. Um, Mick McCarthy going, one of the dinosaurs gone along with Steve Bruce maybe uh, this week. One thing I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we saw it at Newcastle last week when the match was uh, delayed. Not only do we have 10 minutes of injury time linked to um, uh, Nathan Baker's uh, head injury and hope, uh, um, hopes and prayers, as they said on Robin's TV, that everybody is okay. But we had two medical emergencies, which prompted two further stoppages in the game. Um, I'll come to you, Les, on that one. Um, medical emergencies stopping games. This I've never seen this before. If somebody fainted in the stand, you know, you don't stop the game on the pitch is this is this new have you seen any directive that's come out that's been mentioned no i've never seen it but i think it's the right thing to do because you do? Uh, yeah yeah definitely because they need to focus the attention on making sure that person's all right and yeah. uh, they may need to use a pitch for an air ambulance they may need to get the medics across to the help these people i mean we've got to think of a bigger picture haven't we if someone if someone's uh had a cardiac arrest or something and another player, a footballer's on the pitch because he's uh, hurt his ankle. You don't want the medic looking at a footballer who's hurt his ankle. You want him in the crowd because we need to save this person's life. Mm. So um, I think it's... No, that's very sensible. It's very sensible. I mean, Ian, no, it is sensible and I shouldn't have been so flippant uh, about (laughs) it, but it is open to abuse. Isn't it? You know, because you yeah. know your team's losing, your team's losing no, Dave, badly. Dave, I think, no, Dave, Dave, no, I think what? you'll be on bloody Q. You'll be on bloody QAnon next. <laughs> your conspiracy theory saying that 
sit uh, Hillary Clinton's running a paedophile ring out of a pizza parlor. I mean, turn it in. <laughs> if, if someone's, what do you if think? Look, it's a, new. It's not happened. I just said to you before we went on air, I said... Well, it I has happened before. Somebody somebody died down the city ground. They went straight on and played the game, and the poor bugger died. Yeah, was it was against Stoke, wasn't it? He was marching around with the samba band or whatever, or or, or you had the bagpipes and whatever. No, that was uh, the Poor bloke who died on the pitch was Nottingham Forest uh, League Cup semi final eighty nine. Well, so okay, it was, it what, there was what a the guy who had a heart was... attack in in the Stoke game in in two thousand and seven eight sure. season, didn't they? Do you remember that? Yeah, Ian? All our yesterday, all our yesterdays again, isn't it? Look, all I'm saying is if if someone as Les said, if someone's seriously ill, that takes precedent, and the game mm. was delayed. So what? No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying so. What we haven't had, we haven't had matches stop for incidents in the crowd that I can remember. So it's a change. It's a new thing. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a positive thing, especially after Ericsson. I I think it's the last time. I hope it's the last time it ever happens. But I mean, I can tell you that City fan is responsive. He's in hospital, uh, and his son uh, just tweeted to say so. That's brilliant. And while we're on the subject of mentioning things can i just mention someone who, who spoke to me at the dinner um the other week his son um is alistair um you know i know who it is alistair harding and he's a long distance lorry driver and he listens to our our pod and he likes it and it's it's one of the things because he spends so much time alone doing the long distance driving it's one of the things that keeps him sane and I'm really glad of that, Alistair. Thank you very much. And thank your dad for coming and talking to me. Um, but I, I hope this, what we're saying now, don't, don't get you to crash the bloody car because you're so angry punching the dashboard, mate. So uh, yeah. keep it together and thanks very much. Sorry about yeah. that. Bit of a departure. Yeah. No, 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 no. And look, folks, 23 said, I've misjudged this and I have. Yeah, I've probably been, well, not probably, I've been too flippant about uh, that. It just seems something new that it's happened very high profile last weekend and then twice for us, uh, twice for us today. And uh, you don't, uh, I don't know what I was talking you're about. Not, you're not suggesting it's a copycat, are you, Dave? No, you know, not like, at all. Like, like, no, uh, and, and folks, when I said I know they didn't faint, I was going to say I was at Cardiff watching a Cardiff Leeds game back in 1972, and Hamden stood up, and some bloke fainted, and it was a faint. But you don't know if somebody's fainted. Definitely, I'm. I'm not good at first aid. Maybe I should be. And it took them 15 minutes. Well, they just passed the person over the heads of the crowd, like it was in uh, those days back in the day. Okay, guys, um, Barnsley were saying is a must win. Um, if quick, quick uh, response from all of you, uh, no wins from the next three. Yeah. And, the, but, and then there's another international break. Uh, Les, no wins from the next three. Is that likely to, uh, uh, you know, really see ridiculous pressure on Pearson? Somebody put on what a um, feed that he might walk because he's a proud man. Yeah. No, well, I, I think that if he's a proud man, he won't walk. I mean, because you'd be walking away from his money. Yeah, though, exactly. You? I think, um, well, don't win in three. Well, the pressure would definitely rise. I don't think we'll get rid of him unless we are really in a big relegation dogfight. So we're in the drop zone and we're not looking like we're going to get out of it. That's the only situation I can see us putting the trigger. Um, the concern for me isn't necessarily the results in recent weeks. It's the performances yep. and the complete lack of strategy. And you've got to think about the players. You know, if they're going from three five two to four four two to four three three, they're not going to get any consistency either. 
So Pearson needs to think of a settled formation, round was it round pegs and round holes. And if he does that, we probably won't lose the next three. But I can't. Well, if it happens, or not we'll see. Uh, Saturday, yeah, must win. And if it's three that we don't win, yeah, the pressure will be on him. But I don't think he'll be up for the chop unless we're in a big relegation dogfight. Unfortunately, there are some pretty shit teams in this league this season. There are. Um, there so are. we'll see. Yeah. Mark, your your thoughts? No wins from the next three. Um, that means the home runs extended. Your thoughts? I think it's not as much a formations as it's just the ability to do the basics, which we're just not doing. But Saturday's a must win. We, we've really got to show. We've really got to show a lot more desire. Otherwise, if and if we don't get, you know, we don't get a first half goal, I think things are going to get pretty moody down there. And we get very good support. We're getting around twenty thousand, but I expect. Possibly only eighteen thousand. Um, Might be a few less Saturday. with Barnsley because they but won't it's be, be bringing many. Yeah. They got struggles off the pitch as well, according to a friend of mine who's uh, Barnsley fan who's who's coming down. So I think that's that's affecting them. And the managers trying to play football. Uh, you know, last year, of course, they had they had. Um, Valerian Ishmael, yeah. uh, who went off, you know, likes to get the ball forward quickly. That the replacement has tried to play play his way out, but I think we're capable of beating them. We, you know, the midfield players bring bring you know bring bring uh, Zach Viner back in as a as a, an auxiliary midfield wow. player. He can he can tackle, he can pass the ball. We've we've seen him, you know, he, we've seen him uh, get a couple of assists this season. Why not? And then Birmingham, they're really in a bit of a free fall at the moment. Got a good win today though, but I think we're capable of getting a point up there. And then Coventry, Coventry being more of a, that'll be more of an open game. And then you've got a two week break. Let's hope Joe Williams. It'd be great if we could get Joe Williams and Anna Masengo together in midfield because those those two, I think, have got the energy and and the ability to, to turn. Well, they could turn. You know, they could really give us a lift. Uh, and you know, with their battling qualities. Yeah, Ian, so it's, a vital, uh, it's a vital next two weekends with the uh, three games uh, from next... It's three games in eight days again, starting next Saturday. And no Joe Williams, probably this side of the break. No Antoine this side of the break. Um, you know, nil point and uh, the pressure cooker has really uh, turned up. What do you think? I, I think we need five points from those three games minimum. Yeah, and we need to win a home game because it's just... Uh, it's all very well saying, well, it, 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 there's no psychological effect to the players. There is. You can, you can see when we get blown away. Now, people made me laugh. But they said, well, if games of football were 90 minutes long, we'd be third or whatever. Yeah, but they're not. And don't forget, you'd also lose two points away at QPR when we shit out that and yeah. one when we shouldn't have. Yeah. So that's two points you'd have to knock off before you start adding points on. Yeah, we should have beaten. Well, it's Blackpool. Minus, it's minus two plus seven, basically. Yeah, that's the long and the short of it. Well, so we'd have yeah, been sat there. We should have beaten. We should have beaten Blackpool. But if you can't defend, and and the, the Blackpool goal was a bad goal, then we let in yeah. one almost identical. I think in another game, I don't know if it's a Luton game or whatever. Yeah. So only dropped the ball. Afraid, if, if we had, the they're ball, not a bad. Yeah, and, they're not a bad side. Blackpool and we just were, came back. Came back against Reading. They beat Fulham on their own turf and what have you. They've had some good got results. Got a draw at Bournemouth. Yeah, got a draw down there. They're not a bad side, so we mustn't think we should beat Fulham. We should be. You forgot no, that. You said that. Yeah, oh, we, should that. Be, we should beat Blackpool because they're promoted side. We'd expect to beat them, but they're, they're making a good fist of it. No, they're on a shoestring compared to us. Yeah, Dave, sorry, Les. 
if you look at our entire season so far, right, I think there's only been one game where we have looked pretty solid, and that was against Blackpool up until the 93rd minute. They created nothing yeah. for 90 minutes, yeah? Every other game we've played, there's been a degree of really hanging on or we haven't looked particularly comfortable in the back. I mean, against yeah. Luton, we got absolutely dicked for 30 minutes in that first half by Luton. Baker scored a flicked header. Other than that, we got battered. Yeah, you're if you right. look at Reading, for long spells we were holding on. Cardiff had some great chances, and Andy King cleared off the line. Yeah. Defensively, we don't look good at all. And that's with Callas, who's a European Championship quarter-finalist. Yeah? Yeah. That's with Atkinson, who's a good, solid defender. Baker, who's had how many games in the Premier League? Yeah, And with a manager who made his career as a centre-back. So yeah. we've, got, we've got big problems. And... Pearson needs to sort it out because otherwise we're in trouble. We don't we're look solid. No, I think I think that's right, guys. Good show as always. Uh, thanks for the listeners contributing. Um, we're lining up a few uh, in conversation with uh, interviews as well between now and uh, Christmas. We're rapidly approaching episode 100. I think this month or November we definitely go through uh, 50,000 downloads, which uh, ain't bad probably said that at the end of the last podcast but guys have a great evening and uh hey, don't David. Let ruin your weekend all right all the best you, you should Cheers. you should you need to sign off like uh, nick ross did used to do on crime watch remember don't have nightmares yeah cheers everybody <laughs> good night see you later <laughs> bye the talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.